0: Welcome back to the Gate 15 Risk Roundtable for this November, or maybe even a bro edition of the Roundtable. As Jen Walker is, once again, again, David Pounder, off doing other important things and leaving Dave and I along to fend for ourselves. Dave, hello, good to see you. I appreciate that you showed up. How do you feel about this semi-regular abandonment we're going through? Well,
1: you know, I think this is just uh, just, I don't think Jen re- really, fully appreciates what she's doing. And and, uh, and she may come back to regret it later because uh, like giving us more of a mouthpiece or me maybe because you know, <laughs> more of
0: a mouthpiece to talk is just not good for anybody. Yeah, well, I second that. I second that. Here. <laughs> so Jen, come on back. We need you back here. We look forward to having you for our end of year close out next month. But Dave, speaking of end of year, where we are in the last month of the year. It is November. It's hard to believe. There's some really important things going on all around us and we're going to talk about some of those things briefly here but looking back to last month october anything you want to share from your podcast
1: well i, I was just going through it, and again it's probably going to be more of the theme that we're going to talk about a little bit more here too is just this continued the, the upward trend of violence and activism i did a solo podcast for the nerd out there's a lot of stuff to get into because I really wanted to get hit a couple of those key areas. It talked a little bit about elections. I know we'll talk a little bit about that here because it's in the coming two weeks here, or the coming week. A lot of activity, and then just more about the hostile events and, and some of that area. So, thought it was a good opportunity for me to just rant for a little while
0: and and talk to the nerds out there. Um, but it was good. And, and 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 rant you did. I feel I feel like when I when I imagine that I see like you sitting around a big chair with all the minions around listening, and I'm. I'm one of those listening, you know, minions with big glasses, staring up. Come together, story time with Dave. Yeah, you know? yeah, No, it was good. It was a good. It was a good discussion. You hit some really important topics, and adding to the election theme, I was really delighted to welcome back Scott Algier. something I really don't do often. Yeah. I've rarely had guests return for the Gifting interview, let alone within like four or five months of their last appearance. But uh, in addition, to all the great things Scott does with his company Conrad Inc. and organizations like ITI Shack. He also leads through IT ISAC and Elections Infrastructure Special Interest Group, which is really working hard to ensure the reliability of our elections and the voting systems that we use at the state and local level. So it's a really great discussion, you know, just to remind folks that for all the noise we hear, and there is abundant noise in our environment right now about elections, there are a lot of people working really hard to ensure safe, secure, and reliable elections. And there are a lot of folks working really hard to cause doubt amongst the American population about our election system. And for the most part, those folks are coming from overseas, but there's some domestic actors as well. And I think, you know, we have to have the confidence that uh, the systems are in place, security is in place, reliability is there, our election results are accurate and fair representations of people's will. So it's uh, it was a great discussion with Scott. I'm going to talk a little bit more about elections. So let me move forward that. Before I do, Dave, if you'll entertain me for a second. Without Jen here, Dave and I agreed that we would save her sacred space in cybersecurity for december but we just want to touch a couple things there's just again so much happening i know it can be overwhelming at times I forgot like where do i go to get the right information right so just i just want to point those to a couple of places that i think really help if you're overwhelmed otherwise like where, where can you pick up the, the key information you need most concisely most most effectively well certainly one subscribe to our Day 15 Sun, our, our every weekday paper will give you all the current information across the all House environments. I hope you're subscribed to that, getting that in your inbox every day. We think that's a really good resource. Two, the best summary with commentary and, and, and you know, perspective and links and just, I mean, a tremendous resource. Catlin Sampanu, uh, Campus Cody on, on Twitter. I'll share his information in our blog post. The Risky Biz newsletter that he puts together, Fantastic. You know, I, 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 I said this on Twitter before. I, I think I know everything's going on. I'll read his newsletter and I'll be like, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And, and he does a great job rounding that up. And then to compliment that, you know, Lawrence Abrams and his team at Bleeping Computer do a fantastic job. And Brian Krebs and his investigations and writing does a fantastic job. And the last one I just want to throw out there, uh, another Twitter account you can follow is at ecrime underscore ch. And that ransomware service is a fantastic resource. We use it from the groups that we work with and there's a, uh, constantly a feed coming up with updates on ransomware incidents are happening across the world. The threat actors, a type of organization, again, a great resource for understanding. So if, you, if you're covering those several areas, you'll have great perspective on the general cybersecurity environment with some really good analysis as well. So again, The Sun, Risky Biz News, Bleeping Computer, uh, Krebs on Security, and the ecrime.ch Twitter handle. And you, you'll, have, you'll have a great perspective uh, if you otherwise don't know where to go. So with that, Dave, let me turn things over to you. Wait, one more. Dave, what month is it? What month is it coming up? Uh, November. It's going to be November. and It's going to be November, right? And so we've had uh, Insider Threat Awareness Month. We've had Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We've had National Preparedness Month. And we round things off with Critical Infrastructure uh, Protection Month, right? And so our friends at Homeless Security Today have a new article out today, recording this on Halloween. Dave, happy Halloween if you celebrate. Um, ha- on this Halloween day, and Brian Harrell, former leader at DHS CISA, now working in the private sector, shares some great perspective. I'll include that link in the I'll include that link in the blog post as well. But Brian has some really great areas that he's thinking about, looking at things like insider threat, supply chain third-party risk, um, active shooter, uh, fire detection systems in, in our in our places of work and our schools. Talking about space as critical infrastructure, a lot of really great ideas. Sharing where his head's at. And his head's usually in a pretty good place when it comes to homeless security. So, Brian, great article. We'll share that out as something else. So happy Critical Infrastructure Protection Month. I'm sure we'll talk about that more in the podcast the rest of this month. Dave, now, thank you for letting me run my mouth so long. Let me turn things over to you. I think there's something you wanted to cover to get us going today. Well, if I can just tee off or, or follow on what you just talked about, Nash, or the Infrastructure
1: Preparedness Month. Um, Two, I mean, obviously it's a huge thing. Uh, Everyone will point to the colonial pipeline, but just recently, I mean, you saw Russia attacking critical infrastructure in Ukraine, and then you saw in, I I can't remember, I can't remember exactly where it was, but overseas there was a a bridge collapse. Uh, Again, not because of uh, of violence or because of a a bad hostile attack, but just shows you, uh, you know, infrastructure, whether it's through a hostile event or otherwise, we really need to be looking at it and making sure that we've got the right things in place from a preparedness standpoint. So, um, it, I mean, if there's ever a reason, and I know those working in the industry, uh, shout out to uh, some of our, our friends, Travis, um, but those working in the industry are, are living this every day. And so we, we have to be looking out for uh, this type of activity. And, and so um, kudos to that. But since you ceded the floor to me, you'll probably never get it back the rest of the way, but uh, let's just talk. Um, I, I, do, I wanted to talk about two things because we had, a, again, last week, another uh, event that, that occurred, uh, an unfortunate event, a, a hostile event occurred, again, within a school area. Um, and this was a, a, a larger school, not an elementary school, but um, it spoke to a couple of the points that I've been touching on. One related to mental health. Uh, But also, too, about, um, you know, pathway to violence and and recognizing those behaviors and patterns that individuals may go off. And and in this particular case, the the family that was involved here did all the right things. They were following the right steps. They had identified that their um, their son had was having challenges. They had identified some troubling behaviors. They had identified that he may have had weapons and they took the right steps. So we we talk all the time about how individuals or coworkers or associates or friends, you know, see things and they often dismiss it or may uh, try to write it off. Well, in fact, this this family did the right thing. And and yet the the outcome was still the same because the individual was still able to get weapons and and still was able to carry out the attack. Um, But but it just speaks to, you know, the challenges that we face with these events, recognizing the events, and then taking the appropriate action, and then trying to minimize the impact at the respective individuals and organizations. So I think it goes hand in hand when we talk about preparedness, you know, and recognizing that pathway. We also, you know, talk about what organizations can still do. And I think you really need to be, it just reinforces that those challenges or just reinforces the need to have a, a very 360 approach to this is it's not just one of them, it's working together with them. I also want to call out, I think in the last week it was also called out that there was the the school shooting last year. Oh, I, I reference it a lot in the hostile events attack cycle uh, methodology and paperwork that we've been doing. And also, shout out, we'll be having a hostile events attack cycle webinar on the 10th of November. Uh, it's free for anyone who wants to attend. Just look at the gate15.global website and you can sign up. Um, but when we talk about that, we talked about this, uh, this school shooting in which the parents saw warning signs they saw troubling behavior they didn't do anything about it um and then even the school got involved they saw the warning signs and indicators they tried to engage and yet the event, the attack still happened well th- those parents are now being challenged they are being held liable for this activity um and, and in fact the uh, the recent court proceedings was uh, it was brought up that that the parents were contributing to this pathway to violence for the individual. And so when we look at the whole person, sometimes we have to look at those stressors and grievances that are occurring, that may just be on their peripheral or what's going on, what kind of financial distress, what kind of relationship distress, we can talk about incels along that thing too, because that kind of falls in there. Some of these things that are going on within individuals, you know, uh, A lot of people may not want to get involved with, but it's really important and we're seeing it on a day to day basis, the, the effect that these type of stressors and impacts can have on individuals that can ultimately lead to that pathway to violence, whether that's at home, whether that's in the workplace. We, we can't just put our head down and, and look the other way anymore. We have to get engaged and we have to get involved. So uh, those are the things that really stuck out to me, Andy. I don't know what you think about when you see that type of work, but I know we've talked pathway to violence over and over and over again. And, and it really is, I think the more we're seeing it, the more that's coming out in these letters, uh, the in the manifestos that come out, It's it's really a troubling sign.
0: Yeah, and no, I think you had a really important topic, David, and it, you know, it's very relevant, obviously, and specific to these types of shooting incidents, but it also applies to really all threats, I think, in one in one level. So, I mean, to the, to the immediate sort of topic, you know, it is hard, right? I mean, you know, you, you think you know your kids, you think you know your neighbors, you think you know your coworkers, you think something's being said in passing, you're not paying enough attention. Certainly, signs can be missed. But, you know, when you compare and contrast the Michigan and St. Louis incidents, Like you said, in St. Louis, people were trying to take the correct actions. You know, the the FBI was involved. Others were involved. At the end of the day, like we said many times, if somebody really wants to cause harm, they can find a way to cause harm. Our job is to do our best to mitigate that likelihood, to do our best to prevent it. And if if it does happen, we'll respond as effectively as possible. That's a tragic way to look at things. That's just reality. Somebody really wants to cause harm of various types. A determined attacker can have some level of success. And unfortunately, that's what we saw in St. Louis. And... You know, reading just some of the comments that, that young man made, it yeah. did sound uh, you know very uh, in, in inspired by sort of the incel community, right? A lot of sort of loneliness, people don't like me, uh, you know, you can read a lot up on incels. We'll include some links in, in the blog post. Um, it's an underappreciated threat, I think, and you know, we've talked about for a long time. And if we're combining these two things, pathway to violence, hostile events, attack cycle, incels, we've been using that as a basis of our uh, frequently conducted active shooter uh, hostile event exercises around the country for the last, I think, four years, right? Because it's a threat that I think we continue to educate people on, sort of the incel slash salad bar terrorism threat, which is still out there. I just read something else about that, this, I think, last weekend. The sort of mishmashing of ideologies and beliefs just to sort of find a justification to conduct our violence. Like, when now we want to hurt people, I'm going to use these things to justify what I'm doing to both myself and others. So there's a lot going on there. But again, you take you take the action in St. Louis where there was some preventive action, there was some identification of the threat. And you contrast that with Michigan, where you know, like you said, the parents were sort of fueling the fire, right? They were making jokes, they knew the kid had weapons, they knew it had access to ammunition, and they were completely responsible about it. And then, you know, after the incident, fled, right? I mean, that is a, a bad, bad example of negligence. And you know, I'll leave it for the courts to to run that through, but very different situation. I think you know, the organizational level shows us that again across all threats. It's one thing to understand the threat exists. It's another thing to identify the actual acute threat. But then what are we doing to protect, prevent, and realistically mitigate that threat, and the associated risks? And then are we able to effectively respond if that manifests itself in our environment? That goes to active shooters, that goes to cyber threats, that goes to health hazards, that goes to safety issues and, you know, wet floors, that goes to all sorts of threats and issues in our workplaces, in our environments, in our places of worship, wherever we are. It's the same challenge. And I think, you know, we say Gate 15, understand the threats, assess the risk, take action. And it's that take action part that is difficult and time-consuming and sometimes costs a little bit of money, but that's where you mitigate the risks, right? And so that's what we try and encourage people to think about. So I mean, it's a really important topic. Again, we'll include links to both those um, types of incidents in, in the blog post, but I think it's it's important to understand that's out there and have those processes in place to report, to identify, to bring in law enforcement, to do our best to minimize the likelihood of successful attacks.
1: Well, I, I think too, you hit on a couple of things there too. I think I think organizations re- look I, I, it, security can cost, but it doesn't always have to cost. I think what you what you have to look at is like priority. And look, there are more than enough examples of, of this. And and even since our last update on the on the hack, yeah, uh, white. Paper from two, 2021. It's almost outdated at this point. We, you and I were talking about that. We need to do an update based on all the new events that have come out. But but the reality is is that they all follow a very similar pattern. And I think if you can take some of those things from you know, these incidents and look at it and say, okay, well, where can I strengthen my overall environment? And and maybe it's, you know, again, we're not asking for the world, but again, just doing those basic security checks. Are all the doors locking correctly so that somebody can't just come in? Do people prop open these things? And and do we have the right alarms and triggers in place to, to alert people to something? Again, it doesn't have to be some uh, you know, gizmo type of, of widget, it just has to be something where you can look at your environment and feel like you're in a better state of preparedness. Uh, so I, I think for sometimes we talk ourselves out of, you know, enhancing security when really it could be as simple as just turning the knob, you know, and I think that that's that can go a long way.
0: Yeah. It goes back to an example we've used before, I think on our podcast here. It's, you know, if I leave my car unlocked or the engine running. I'm inviting somebody to come in, take the car, registration, home address are there. They want to pull up to my house. My door's unlocked. They want to walk in the house, take what they want, leave with my car, drop it off, and go do whatever they want to do. I've made that too easy for them. Whereas if I simply turn off the engine and lock the door, lock the door to my front house, I've automatically made it much more difficult for the adversary to have success. Right. So we can do simple things to raise the threshold, right? make ourselves that much harder uh, to, to, to hurt and harm Right to, to make ourselves a little bit faster on the field, running away from that hungry lion, so we're not the slowest gazelle, and let let Mr. Bad Guy get in somebody else's you know car with the engine running, with the doors unlocked, right, not ours. And so I think it's do the simple things, do them right, you know, be deliberate about it. We help ourselves so much, right?
1: Yeah, and it's just again one of those key elements we talk about is is how are you making your, your you a harder target. How are you, for the, the person who's doing surveillance on your, your location or doing the walk-by or getting angry at something, how do you make them think twice?
0: And I think how that's- you making the, yourself uh, harder, Dave Pounder? How are you <laughs> <self> making yourself <laughs> harder? <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's right. I think it's a, uh, Todd, you can't say enough. I think, Dave, can, can we, I think we've hit a really important one there. Can we sort of pivot from there and talk a bit about, you know, protecting ourselves, being vigilant a little bit in context of the elections? Would that be all right? Yeah, right?
1: yeah, so, yeah.
0: So, so, I mean, look, there, there's-
1: did you, by the way, did you see CSA Jen on the, uh, she was making this talk. So shirk circuit the yesterday. So she, she,
0: she was, we, 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 we shared some of those tweets out from gate 15 earlier today. She was uh, on TV talking the the challenge of the complex threat environment. We'll share that link as well in the, uh, in the blog post in case somebody missed it, but uh, yeah. Great to have her out there talking about election security, you know, here, here's reality, right? The government is saying, I think everybody's saying, there's no known specific credible threat to our elections. Neither from a cybersecurity standpoint nor from a physical security standpoint. But we know, everyone knows there are foreign governments that would like to affect our elections in a variety of ways, both the systems themselves that we conduct elections on. And again, thanks to Scott Algier, the ITISAC, the EISIG for work they're doing to keep those systems safe, reliable. We know they'd like to cause uh, uncertainty and doubt in the American population to cause divisiveness and a lack of trust in our democratic system. So we know that regardless of the election outcomes, there will be social media and other efforts from Russia, from China, from Iran, that want to cause Americans to doubt our election results. And that's been underway successfully for several years now, at the very least. And we know that there are individuals in certain areas that would like to intimidate and otherwise threatening people going out to vote when they go to the polling place. You know, and that's a sad reality in the United States of America in 2022, but that is reality, right? We have to be vigilant in in how we go about our our elections, both as individuals, as places that might be holding elections, polling places at our places, organizations, right? And that could be a a school, that could be an office building um, for election officials, for VIPs, for candidates having events in and around our facilities, if they're coming to our office or a public venue if they're coming to our church or our synagogue if you're thinking about security and the fact that there are angry people out there that might want to do silly angry dangerous things and so dave i mean you, you think about security all the time is there anything sort of thing you know you think about the elections you're thinking like hey there's probably the one or two things that would be most concerning to me in this election season
1: well, I, I just, I, I'm worried about the aftermath. I, I think going up to the election, it's going to be fine. I, I mean, there will be, I'm sure we'll hear reports about harassment or, or hey, there was a person with a weapon out there and he was intimidating people and stuff. I, I'm sure we'll hear those type of things that come up, Everybody. but I really, yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, it, it, again, we can't, we can't deny that that's going to happen. But again, I, I'm really concerned about in certain locations, I think more so than ever. I think if you just watch the news for five minutes, you can probably pick out which states those are. But I, I do think that there's going to be some, you know, depending on the outcome, there will be some heightened tensions, and that will include people wanting to, you know, ensure the safety and you know i uh, get yeah, what's the right word I, the, the safety of the ballot box and making sure that all the val- votes are counted and that there's not a ma- magical drop off and feeding and fueling all these conspiracies and and again i i think the news is not going to help things too often because as these things get reported there will be news reports about it and we talk about disinformation misinformation the news certainly contributes to that to some degree they have a level of responsibility here but that's really where I'm looking out afterwards is what's going to happen, you know, what, what could occur because you have these heightened tensions in an already explosive environment and where do you kind of go from there um, should something not work out one way or the other. And, and again, I think the, the Pelosi um, incident that occurred just over the last couple of days again, I don't know what's really going to come out of it, but people are, instead of looking at root causes, they are looking more at, oh, that was that side. Now I got to get retribution. I got to get, you know, payback for that. I, I got to, you know, do this or I got to do that. And and I think that's really where I get concerned is not not so much leading up to or during, but as the results come in and,
0: and races are called. Yeah, I think, I think our heads are in a very similar place there. You know, one. <laughs> Yeah, I said before the last election, um, I didn't know that things were going to go as bonkers as they did after the last election. And you know, I'll say it again now. There's a lot of people spending a lot of time and a lot of really hard work at the local, the state, the federal level to ensure that our, safe, uh, that our elections are safe, secure, and reliable. And we we as Americans should have confidence that the results that come out are safe, accurate, and, and accurate representation of the American people's will. Like, that's just... That, that, is, that is almost certain. There will be some mischief. There will be some you know, ballot box mischief. There will be some votes that don't get counted. I mailed my ballot in you know, over the weekend. Maybe my vote doesn't get counted. Somebody's vote doesn't count. But th- those will very unlikely, never in our history, actually affect the outcome of the election, right? So we should have confidence election results because we know that there are people out there, countries out there, individuals out there that want us to doubt our democratic system and doubt those results, which causes them all sorts of gain and us all sorts of pain, right? So that's one. But to your point on you know, what happened this, this weekend with our uh, Friday with, with Nancy Pelosi's husband, right? When, when people resort to violence, verbal or physical, that's just when we cross the line, right? We can, we can have all sorts of stress and one you know, of the beautiful things about America growing up that I always remember is we had these heated debates, right? You know, people be out there cheering and 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 booing their their favorites and disliked candidates. We accept the results, we move on, we fight again another day, and, and that's no longer I feel as accepted as it was. And across all political beliefs, we've heard calls for violence. We've seen people use reckless language, and you know, while most people hear it and they dismiss you know some of that rhetoric and hyperbole, those unhealthy individuals out there that hear it and get motivated, inspired, just like those that get inspired by foreign terrorist organizations, right? can be motivated to take violent action. And it's not just what happened with uh, Mr. Pelosi, you know, it's what happened with uh, Rand Paul when he was tackled by a neighbor. It's what happened, I think it was a congressional baseball game a couple of years ago where yep. there was an incident, right, these these things are not isolated, not limited to one party or political belief, and it's unfair to say that they are, But but they're out there. And when politicians use reckless language, when people in positions of fame and influence, Kanye West, use anti-Semitic language, hateful language, right? That motivates some individuals to do bad, dangerous, hurtful things. And that crosses the line, right? And so it's unfortunate that we're seeing that in our environment, but we are more and more from people that have held the highest offices in our country, all the way down to the local elections, you know, in our country today. So we as Americans have to sort of counter that as best we can by not encouraging it, by not playing into it, by not being motivated by it. and and keeping our, our, you know, election safe and secure, how we can, where we can locally. So I hope that people, you know, do manage to bring the rhetoric down, do manage to bring the tension down. I have no confidence in our political leaders to do that, but I do trust the American people to try and do that. And I hope they really do as we go through this 2022 election, which I still love elections. I still love election day. I still love election results. I love, I make sense of it all. Dave, I know you're a junkie on that end too. So it's, uh, you know, it's something we should be able to enjoy and celebrate in our democracy and, hopefully we can keep them safe and secure. And thank you to Sissa Jenny Shirley for being out there speaking on our election security, doing her best Cisa, to help keep uh, safe and secure elections around our country. Again, we'll share the links to her recent interviews and uh, where she's sharing the good news and the good word of our election, all the good work being done. And there's, again, a lot of people working hard every day, every day, the FBI, DHS, and again, all around our state and local communities to make sure those elections are safe and secure. So. I'll stop. Yeah,
1: I'll just add just one part, one one quick part, because I know we've got other more topics. So this is a jam packed uh, session. But um, but the only thing else I'd add is, is, again, when you're predisposition to believe something already and then you see it happen, that's where we have to be concerned as an organization. And so in the workplace, within your environments. You know, again, these things have started to have more heated discussions. It used to be not something we talked about in the workplace, but it is now, and that's where you just have to be really concerned. And then also, again, with with what you're talking about is people challenging or wanting our system to fail. You know, there are countries who would like nothing more than that to occur, but there are also those extremist groups. Remember the the um, the hard reset, the accelerationist activities this is their time, right? If they can show that the system doesn't work, they want nothing more than to capitalize on this. And so that's where we just have to be on guard for. And I completely agree with all you said, Andy.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. I I didn't even mention domestic extremists there, but you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people that are U.S. citizens that also would love to see the system questioned and unsuccessful and, you know, whatever in the world they want to imagine would follow um, the place. So it's a, it's, it's a sad thing, but Hey, there's a lot more we could cover. Listen, if you are questioning anything that we're saying today, you can find a lot of these links just in today's edition of The Sun, to be honest with you, a lot of these areas. Uh, Again, subscribe and get those daily. If you have any questions, anything we've mentioned, feel free to reach out to us. I'll share the link uh, at the end of the podcast today. We're happy to send information to you, have a conversation with you. I love when Dave does his grab bag, you know, ask Dave a question parts in his podcast. We welcome your questions, your thoughts, your commentary, your disagreements, whatever it is. Um, And one thing I'm grateful to say is that, you know, we work in a lot of environments where we have uh, people with disagreeing opinions and to navigate those and have those conversations thoughtfully, with others concerned about security, respect where we disagree, but work together for security is I think what our environment's all about. So listening, if you have any questions, please reach out. We're happy to discuss those. And to be honest, Dave and I had a lot of things we wanted to cover in today's podcast. I think we're going to have to cover some of those another day, but I think think we have one more section we wanted to cover before we wrap things up today. So maybe the most important thing we've talked about for a long time is something I really struggled with. I think so. In in with Jen's absence, I think we're passing on three questions today. We're going to have a a long anticipated discussion amongst Dave and I. Dave, I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay, so I, I I think Andy, this is something
1: that you know we go back on our. You know, when, when Dave and Andy have their own pop culture podcast or whatever, we'll we'll get into this more that's in detail. Right, right. You've heard us before, we've talked about you know our musical likes. we've talked about some things. Andy likes uh, Miley Cyrus, I like uh, Taylor Swift. you know, the new album was really great. so um, I, I can definitely rock out to that. But Andy, I think I wanted to talk to you today about we'll do movies, right? We'll do top five movies. Um, and and we're going to have to talk about Andor in the future. I know you haven't had a chance to watch it, but that's a show. I get it, whatever. But we're going to focus on movies today, top five movies. Your top five movies that you, if you see walking past or you flipping channels in the evening, uh, when you're walking on your treadmill or whatever, when you're flipping channels, what are the top five that you will absolutely stop for and just, you know, and, and just, Pull up a drink and just
0: have at it the rest of the night. All right. Exactly. Does that sound good? Is that is that a good topic? It's, it's impossible though, right? I mean, just, just it is. It, it's impossible. You can ask me this tomorrow. I'll have probably a different answer. And so I'm going to tell you ahead of time. I already cheated a little bit in the way I answered it. So just just deal with that. Okay. That's, that's why I did it. Did you group some together? Did you I say like oh, yeah? Okay.
1: I I did I did one or two just like that as well. So I'm it's it's okay.
0: This is more for fun, Andy. This is more All for right. fun. All right. Are we going? Are we going? One of us first, one of us second, we're going five, four, three, two, one together. We'll go, we'll go five, four, three, two, one. How's that? That's fair. So can I start with an honorable mention then? Because this, this didn't make the list and it, it should be on the list, but I just didn't, couldn't squeeze it in. So can I start yes. with an honorable mention? So I, I gave Terminator one and two honorable mention because I'll watch either one of those, i both of those. I, I like all the Terminator movies, to be honest. I some people hated on them. I like all of them, but those two are by far you know just the best, but they just missed the cut for my top five. I, I love Terminator Two.
1: That's one of my favorites, right? But uh, uh, I couldn't get in Terminator One. I now I, I don't know. I just I mean it, it was good. It was that's, good. I, I that's mean, the start don't of it know. all, man. Let's just of it all. You got you got to love one to love two. It's just so, so if you're gonna do an honorable mention, I'm gonna do an honorable mention too. Mine right. is World One. I mean, it's a great movie that. But for some reason, whenever I see that on, I have to stop and I have to start. So it's a, it was just
0: missed my cut. But it was uh, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. So. Yeah. So I, 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 you said Rogue One. I was just say, I, I, I cheated on that one, and, and you'll hear why in just a moment. So we'll come. Okay. back. So all right. So in. go go ahead. Go go five. Go your number five. Yeah. So so there it is. So five for me. Star Wars four through nine plus Rogue One. Okay. Are, th- those are all just I mean love them, love. Them. I know again some people don't like seven through nine as much. I thought they were very good. Trying to create maybe a little bit too much in, but still still really good. Adam Driver. Come on, the guy, the guys the guys great to watch. but Rogue One also was just a fantastic movie. So any of those seven movies worth hitting the, worth hitting the pause on life button for Seven. I, I really enjoy seven. I'll watch that at any
1: time. Um, you know, force awakens really enjoy that. And I will say Adam driver really good. So uh, good, good selection there. That's good. I'm going to go with number, my number five is commando. So um, I just like, if that, if it's not on often, but when it is, man, I will just stop whatever. Cause I can pick up the, the
0: lines right off the bat. So. And, and the cast, right. I mean, you've got, you've got Jesse, the body Ventura. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, No, 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 Commando, not Predator. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just sinned right there. I apologize, you're right, you're right, you're right. But yes, yes.
1: All right. All right. Okay. So hey,
0: we'll do the snake
1: drafts since so you don't have to go first each time. I'll right, do number right. one. I'll do I'll do 4, okay? All right. So this is where I cheated a little bit. I said John Wick, any of them. So the John Wick movies, like if they're on, I'll at least watch for 30 minutes, 45 minutes and just just go there non-stop action. I just can't get enough of those movies. And I can't wait
0: for John Wick 4 to come out. I think uh next year sometime. So excited about that you know what? I, I didn't include John Wick. I also didn't inclu- include The Expendables, but I put those on the same level of just like, m- let your mind shut down and watch yeah, it. Yeah. And and those are both fun series. So I'd include either one of those, but they're both uh, really good series. And a similar maybe spirit though, for my number four, I put Rocky 3 and 4, right? Okay. right? Mr. T, right? B.A. is starring in, in Rocky 3, right? You've got uh, Hulk Hogan in Rocky 3. And then of course, Rocky 4, the classic US, USSR, you know, with Ivan Drago and Rocky Balboa. So, you know, those are old now. They're certainly old movies, but I still remember the feeling I have when I saw Rocky Four as a kid and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Right. And I still get a little bit, you know, know, I don't get too into it, but a little bit emotional watching Rocky Four. So I I love those movies. I included those as my number four picks. So Rocky won the Cold War, you know, so I mean, possibly, possibly. possibly. Yeah. Yeah. There's this very possible. So, I'll go number three in a similar vein, a similar spirit. You can see my uh, my 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 love of country started early is, is the original Red Dawn at number three. Right? The, the new Red Dawn, not yeah, so much right there kind of kind of a tough one, but, but the original one with Patrick Swayze, the, I think, uh, the I think all those characters, I think I think they were part of the Brat Pack, if I recall right. But, yep, yep. I mean it's just an awesome cast, great storyline. Jennifer Gray was in there too, wasn't she? Yeah yeah you yeah. are the sisters, right? so you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. get up there and piss in the radiator. Right? I mean it's a classic classic movie. I, yeah. Yeah, I love that. It. You know, it's again older now, but an awesome movie you know worth uh, worth watching for love of country, if nothing else. Red Dawn was my number three, Dave. How about you?
1: Uh, that's good. that's good. I'm gonna go with war movie too, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go this is not probably many people don't know this if you do, you'll you'll understand why Kelly's heroes. Uh, classic Clint Eastwood movie, uh, just great from start. And again, if you want to talk about a cast, Telly Savalas, I mean yeah. uh, Donald Sutherland, I mean those are just the, the highlights there. But you go through and you, um, you know, uh, Crazy Uncle, what's the name from Seinfeld? Uh, uncle Ed, uh,
0: yeah, Costanza's dad,
1: right? You, 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 yeah, it's just crazy yeah. in there. And so you just, you just get, you see all those characters in there, and I just love the. Love the music, even though it was a '60s music versus '40s, but in the in the it's just a classic story. Uh, Kelly's Heroes
0: highly recommend. So, and I think if I recall, Dave, as you saw my uh, my my travel pictures from the UK this summer, I think you said I once looks like telly savalas with my my shirt i written, so. i do with the you know the shirt button down you know that's uh i, that, I could do worse than
1: kojak you know what i mean so, uh, <laughs> that's right I'll take it, I'll I'll take it. Kojak, for sure all right so i'm going to go number two and you if you've heard my pod any of the time or any probably even on this inception is my uh number two movie uh, I, I used to hate Leonardo DiCaprio for some reason, not really sure. Maybe it was his first stint on, uh, what was it? Uh, Growing Pains. Uh, Growing Pains. Was it Growing yeah. Pains? Yeah. 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 Uh, when he came in, I was like, I don't like that guy. But um, the more I can appreciate Leo, the better. And, and Inception is just great. It's a great movie. Kind of really speaks to, kind of really twists around with you and, and uh, really just enjoy. Again, another great cast there.
0: Uh, and so I, I enjoy that movie. So what about you number two? So I took another bundle here. So forgive me, but I did a sort of 80s growing up fun pack, right? So for me, this was, I was still young when these came out, but I came to appreciate them as I was going into my teens and my teenage years. So Fast Times, Ridgemont High, The Breakfast Club, and this is Spinal Tap. Just three movies <sighs> that I started watching when I was young, you know, back in the days of, you know, renting tapes from, from the video store. And just, I mean, I watched those on over and over and over again, rented them multiple times, just, just loved them. They were great movies. And as I say that, I think, man, we're not not talking about Back to the Future. We're not talking about so many great 80s movies. Those three, you know, were just like really fun for me and I enjoyed them. So, so those, those are my number two this one goes to 11. Yeah, that's right <laughs> that's right. right great lines okay okay great okay I
1: I definitely can appreciate all those movies as well as uh the 80s reference the 80s I tell you you go back to watching some of those movies and, and you're like oh these were really good I you know for some reason I had forgotten about Top Gun and yeah, and top, all the right all the time uh, movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go back into all that stuff and you're just like, this is great. I still can't believe like things like Goonies was rated like PG or something when you go back and look at it. But those are great movies. Gremlins, all that
0: stuff. Gremlins,
1: yeah, yeah. So, all right. So moment of truth, uh, do the uh, thing, uh, drum roll. What's your number
0: one, Andy? So, So my number one is one I don't think you ever really see on cable anymore. But if I do see it, I still will watch it. I did buy the, the DVD Blu-ray so I could indoctrinate my kids early on. And that's Arnold's classic Mr. Olympia documentary, Pumping Iron. It is just, it's a great movie at so many levels. If you're an Arnold fan, you love it. If you are into just sort of mind games and, and the ways we can influence other people, you love it. Physical fitness, you love it. It's just, it's just a great hour and a half of Arnold at his very best. And so I, I put that as my number one. I think it's, it's just so much fun.
1: When when we have our podcast, uh, our Dave and Andy pop culture podcast, we need to do just a whole show on that. You know, like uh, there were d- back to our Andy and Dave college days, we had yeah. the Arnold Fest where we would just grab about four or five Arnold movies pumping iron like i think you brought me into that movie in the I, you may have been the one who, who made me watch it Ah, oh, unbelievable unbelievable yeah. movie
0: the, what he the mind games he played with lou frango i love it i love it i love it right and he's just completely messing with the guy and, and he was so good at it so yeah great great fun good movie but dave i'm excited to hear what is what is your number one can't pass it movie
1: okay so i kind of had the same thing with uh you know rogue one was on the outside but i cannot this is my all-time favorite movie and it's empire strikes back i mean any star wars fan will probably cite that nine out of ten star wars fans will probably say that that's one of their top two or three movies empire strikes back anytime it's on i have to watch i know the line i i know it's stupid but i i have all the lines i know the music what i like to hear it's just it's just the best, and so um, so I enjoy I enjoy
0: Empire Strikes Back. So. I, I think you're more of a Jar Jar guy than a Han Solo guy. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not a Jar Jar guy. Though the the the
1: memes around what uh, Darth Jar Jar or whatever when he all the things that try to make him seem better than he was still doesn't help. So
0: well, hey, let's as we wrap up, we can bring a couple things together here, right? We're both big. Star Wars fans. when you hear Dave and I rattle off our favorite anythings, you can tell we're both you know, Gen X nerds, right? Grew up in the 80s and 90s and, and therefore our love of all things 80s and 90s. But let's take the greatest villain of all time, Darth Vader, and maybe the worst human of all time, Vladimir Putin. And a great Twitter handle to follow if you're not following. Yes. It's a Darth Putin Twitter account. Very entertaining, incredible, constant sarcasm, making fun of the world's Maybe, maybe. There's a couple other contenders, but one of our greatest current villains. And uh it's, it's worth checking out. There's also a Darth Putin store now where you can buy some of the uh I saw that better saying that. I is some of the mugs and everything to help support uh those that are running that account. So we'll share links for those in the podcast notes as well. Worth checking out. You know, really uh, you know, it's, it's my dream to probably one day end up as a Darth of some kind, Dave, some kind <laughs> of board without the appropriate end to my my run. So anyhow, I think I think we're out of time. We've probably uh, killed listeners with our, with our top five. And we, we didn't even successfully make it five. It was like top 23 the way we ended up doing it. But that was good fun. I appreciate it, Dave. Any final thoughts as we wrap up? No, again, I always
1: like to wrap
0: up on the, uh, the
1: disinformation, misinformation, malinformation. Just be prepared. I mean, just question and do your own research before you like, share, follow, retweet or whatever. Uh, just make sure you're doing your own due diligence and, and protecting others. So that's all I have.
0: Appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for all you shared. Again, we'll share a lot of these links and other information in the show notes. Subscribe to the Sun. There's other resources I share at the top of today's podcast. You know, for me, just again, believe, trust, count on those that are securing our election systems. Our election results will be safe. They will be secure. They will be reliable. They will be an accurate reflection of the people's will and whether your candidate, candidates win or lose. And regardless of what they say afterwards, right? Trust in the election results and you know, good luck to you and whatever. Uh, ridiculous political beliefs you may hold individually. So with that, hey, to all our friends that are listening, thank you very much for being with us for this episode of the Risk Roundtable. We're grateful for you and appreciate your being a friend to our team and part of our community. Please do enjoy our other podcasts. Jen Walker, absent today. and the cybersecurity evangelist. Dave's nerd out security panel discussion, the Gay 15 interview. I'm excited again for another interview this month. As always, please subscribe, tell your friends. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can share ideas and other feedback. And in the meanwhile, thanks for listening. Try and be somewhat safe and reasonably responsible to go out there and vote. Thank you very much. Have a great day.